You're listening to Risky Behavior, where no subject is off limits. Sit back, tune in, and enjoy a beverage with us as we explore controversial issues and answer your health and wellness concerns, ranging from nutrition and exercise to sex and prescription drugs. I am Dr. Shetha Chakraborty, a national media risk expert regularly on CNN, BBC, Fox News, and more. I'm here with my co-host, Dr. Taylor Wallace, who's seen regularly on The Dr. Oz Show. He's off this week, though, so I'm flying solo. Together, we'll loosen lips and spill tea with special guests that you won't want to miss. Today's guest is Dalal Pektas. I said it right. You said it right. Oh, good, good. I'm getting there. <laughs> I have no right to mispronounce people's names, especially with my name being the way that it is. Shweta. Right? It's not Shweta, but it should be, because that's how it's spelled. Shweta, yeah. No, so it's Shweta. It's Shweta. Okay, yeah. that's not what my producer told me yesterday. I know, it's complicated, because sometimes, especially if I'm talking to Indian yeah. Those of Indian background, they would see the name. It's a common Indian name, Shweta, is which is Shweta or yeah. Swetha, and that's fair. But we Bengalis like to just like mix things up a little bit, and we don't have the W sound. Okay. So it's Shweta. So this has been Shatta. the bane of my existence. And I have a little sister who I don't think I've talked about on the show yet, who is named Trisha, because oh. my parents learned. <laughs> Five years later, yes. she got the normal name. Okay. So okay, so Dilal, thank you so much for being here. Do you want to say a little bit about what your what interested you in coming on this show? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, so I am a uh, journalist here in Washington, D.C. And um, when I met you and Taylor, and you guys told me about this podcast that you guys were doing, and the topic was dating in Washington, D.C., or just dating in general. For me, my experience has been Washington, D.C. area, <laughs> and Virginia and Maryland, obviously. I was like, oh my gosh, I'd love to join because um, it's hard. It is hard. Dating is hard. Sex and dating generally is a topic that's still taboo, despite the fact that we are more open and communicating than ever. And and the fact that we are actually better at monitoring all kinds of things related to sex, uh, intimacy, dating. Yet we seem more disconnected. And so in relation to the topics of the show that we cover, that we offer the science perspectives on these things, I thought it would be really interesting to set this up from um, a science point of view, talk about sex and talk about dating and then bring you in and talk about your personal experiences and how that is the reality of what we're experiencing today, despite the stats that we should be happier, we should be more connected, we should be record numbers of interactions in both just dating, romance, and sexual intimacy, but that's not what's happening. Right. And I will say that the rates of sexually transmitted disease in Washington, D.C. have increased, oh. but it's not bad news. The city's health department said it's a good thing that because what it means is that more infections are getting caught with better screening tactics. So it's not bad. We're actually healthier than we've ever been before. But people are terrified. People mm -hmm. are terrified of getting close. There's recently there was a um, story that went around about uncontrollable or untreatable chlamydia, and it was this fear amplification that is what i study is why certain things are perceived as more scary than they actually are and this it's a story like this that getting blasted out into the press will freak you out to think about you know what if i go on this date i'm intimate with this person and then i have to deal with chlamydia that can never be cured right exactly these are the fears that we have right exactly how what have you how have you been thinking about this is that turning you off from getting closer yeah, I mean, partners? for me, like I, my experiences, my, my experience, like I, I just um, don't let it get to that level, if you will. Like if I'm not feeling it, I'm just not gonna, 
go there. Right. You know? So for me, I, I'm not the, you know, oh, let's just hook up and get it over with or like casual sex has never been my thing. Um, for me, it's more about, you know, connecting with someone and emotionally um, and obviously like physical attraction has to be there. But of course, that's something that is at the back of your mind all the time is like sexually transmitting diseases because it's not a joke. Right. It's a serious thing. And it it's, it's about, you know, it's about your life and living with something for the rest of your life. And it's something that people need to be, I think, more careful about. Um, and I think, I mean, you know, I've got friends that are not so careful about stuff like that, or they're just, you know, um, we're not talking about us, we're talking about our friends. Right, right, exactly. And, and anything we say about sex is about our friends. Right. Uh, Well, I just, it's to each their own, you know, everybody has their choices and everybody has their preferences. Um, but I think, you know, as you were saying, these statistics have come up, I think, um, you know, culture also plays a role in that i mean right. we sure, both come society, from more conservative right. cultures as well exactly so american society america in general sure is more about you know more open about sex and and um growing up in this country you know you're taught sex education at a very young age that's not so much the case in like more conservative countries you know you don't find out about sex until like <laughs> you're in your teens like early teens exactly you know? yeah um so i think culture also plays a huge role in how you perceive sex and at what age you start having sex i i like that you brought that up because that's definitely something from an indian family growing up it never came up the idea of talking about sex it was such a taboo word and the idea that my parents would ever have a conversation with me about it was absolute no-go um i learned what i learned from school and education and i thought i really now looking back, realize the amount of sex education we got was very heavily um, oriented on not scaring, but really emphasizing sexual relations resulting in sexually transmitted infections or kids or kids. (laughs) And it was always it was always very much a deterrence mechanism came from scaring the hell out of us that if you have sex, you will get a sexually transmitted disease and or or pregnant pregnant or both or both. (laughs) So that i think has increased and there's we're going to talk about like a few trends that have been happening um from generation past to the current to you know where we are now mm-hmm. but what i recognize going um going through somewhere along the cusp of a millennial and gen wire is that there was a real attempt campaign across telling young people that sex is bad um for these reasons and there are repercussions to that too. Mm-hmm. So not to minimize the impacts of STDs at all. And I'm at no point am I saying that we shouldn't be mindful of that. And health sure. is extremely important. But are we thinking about the when you do one thing, somewhere else is going to get impacted, right? And so what has been the negative impact of campaigning against or scaring children against being intimate? Children, teens, what have you, adults now. Ultimately, there the impact from what I'm seeing and from what this article in the Atlantic put out is that people are having like less sex than ever. Mm -hmm. And so it was actually really specific. It came out about last year. It is sorry. Young people are having less sex, less sex. Mm -hmm. And why, why are young people having so little sex? And what does that mean for social relations, for mental health, for loneliness issues how is that then resulting in depression anxiety stress mm-hmm. there, there are addition there are negatives to 
telling scaring people against being intimate that's the point i want to make i think there are a couple of things that they were mentioning in the articles like five things right you have the article in front of you yeah right yeah so them? why is it so why is it happening so i really think a lot of it was this overwhelming education um education but real real fear mongering of intimacy mm -hmm. i will say that's my my point of, i know we we are definitely um not that close on the spectrum in terms of how we feel about this but I do think so, rates of STIs are overblown. Mm -hmm. I think even though they're going up overall, the bigger issue is that we have real uh, mental health issues coming out of the lack of intimacy. Mm -hmm. So that's my position. I, I know that's not necessarily yours, but I, that's why I, that's why we're having this conversation because right. I'm sure we're gonna have viewers being like, I agree or I can see this side and that side. Yeah. But ultimately, what I'm looking what I'm looking to understand is why is this happening, right? Mm -hmm. So. I would say it's that it's over it's fear mongering um that's my point of view but then this article also has listed out these five major trends that have been that have been uh documented one is you don't need a partner anymore to uh to Please get off yourself. right <laughs> yeah sex for one so masturbation has increased mm -hmm. but um actual partner intimacy is on the decline mm -hmm. now the hookup culture and helicopter culture this is another thing so parents are much more involved in children's there's no f children's activity there isn't like that much free time mm -hmm. that kids used to have to kind of run around and play and maybe you know gallivant or experiment or do different things mm -hmm. parents have every single hour of the day figured out with extracurricular activities and it tends to be towards gearing children for the rest of the next stages in their career, going to college, what what have you. Mm -hmm. So that has really reduced the opportunity for kids to be kids and to get to know each other. Mm -hmm. And then that then as they get to the appropriate ages um, to actually move to that next level of relationship. Mm -hmm. um, the Tinder mirage. So this idea that everyone is having tons of sex all the time and we should talk about this like dating apps generally and yes. how that's just completely changed, changed yeah the so dating much scene. within yeah. like the last few years few really. years yeah, recent years yeah and then bad sex nobody talks about that women have not necessarily felt um that they had the opportunity to really talk about it to own their sexuality and to say i like this and i don't like this mm -hmm. the, it's it's staggering to me when i was researching for this topic the amount of women that say that they they want to express certain needs or desires but they're unwilling to communicate it mm -hmm. because we still as far as we've come we still have the stigma around women and expressing their sexuality and feeling empowered by sexuality mm -hmm. um so there's a lot of bad sex out there so you're seeing a lot of women say i'd rather not than mm -hmm. go to experience that um an inhibition inhibition i believe is referring to just being more nervous about um, putting yourself out there because what is going to result from that mm -hmm. in a culture where everything is so connected, mm -hmm. there's no such thing as keeping things private in the mm -hmm. same way that we used to experience. So these are some of the major trends that we're seeing happen. Um, so what are, what are your thoughts on some of these? So w which one stands out to you? I think the fear mongering for sure. Yeah. I mean, coming from a culture that is conservative, you know, um, uh, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm from Turkey and I part of I spent part of my childhood there and then I moved here when I was in high school basically and um I think that's for sure I, I you know a big part of it is fear-mongering is like if you do this then you're gonna catch right. sexually transmitted diseases or you're gonna get pregnant um but at the same time it's like you know 
you know, after moving here in America, it's like, what is the appropriate age to talk about this? Right. You know, I think sex education is very important, uh, but it's a conversation that needs to happen at, at a... Like, like for me, the the debate would be at what age do you start talking about it? Right. You know, what is too early? Right. Is it in in ninth grade you start talking about it, or is it in sixth grade you start talking about it? What is too young and what is too old? Um, so number one, I would say is for sure fear mongering. Um, two is I think the dating apps really have made it difficult um, to like get into serious relationships and. Uh, some people are really looking for some something serious. Some people are just looking to just have fun and casual sex. And I think there are too many options and too many people are just taking these apps for, you know, just there. Some are putting it to you. Some are not because if you're not just talking to one person, you're talking to yeah. five people at the same so time. Let me tell you a story about a friend who I will not name. And she, um, I invited <laughs> her to come on the podcast, but exactly for that reason, she didn't want to talk about it, but she said I could share her story. Yeah. So the story is she met somebody who went out of their way to get her number. Um, it was actually on at, on the roof bar of the hotel that we're in right now, mm-hmm. Eaton Hotel. And so uh, while Do I days, know her? <laughs> <Just> you, <laughs> I've I already might. disclosed too much. And so... Um, the the gentleman approached her asked for her phone number and then she just never heard back how many listeners can relate to that how many times has that happened to men and women alike more women because still we have the trend of men approaching women we haven't reached where japanese culture is right now for example where this new phenomenon of men in that culture that are being referred to as her before men for not even approaching women as in there's just absolutely no sexual interest from a man to a woman at this point, even though Japan produces the most porn out of any country in the world, oh. which is fascinating. It's a fascinating two trends that are coming out of there. And but. also that article that you sent, it was, um, they were saying, you know, Japan is also having a, like a fertility problem. Yeah, for that, right. If people aren't intimate, if people aren't intimate, if they aren't moving in together, if they aren't living together, children are not being born. So there's a lot of manifestations of this. And I really, I, I will continue to draw, to draw it back to, we have scared the hell out of a generation about sex. We have told them that it's results in bad things and even worse outcomes is what we're saying now. Anyway, I'm gonna continue to rant about that. But so my friend basically was really distraught as anyone would be when you have take the time, spend the time mm. and genuinely feel like you have a connection, especially because you're meeting in person. Um, but then you never hear from that person again, what we refer to as ghosting. Right. But ultimately, the reason for it is outlined not just in this article, but, you know, so much research is going into this. What's happening and what you just said is too many ex- options, too many options. There, it's probably a numbers game. It's most likely mm-hmm. uh, getting as many and, and I, I was reading this somewhere too, is get, loading up your phone with different options and then realizing that you have those options and doing the same thing the next day and, and forgetting to contact anyone from the night before and then doing the same thing the day after and forgetting to contact anyone from day two. Mm-hmm. So it quite literally, it turns into this vicious cycle of getting numbers and not calling anyone ever. So it's not even that you've been passed up for somebody else. It's it's this weird psychological phenomenon of, of men or women just never actually just 
continuously looking for somebody Mm -hmm. and not actually um you know taking a shot at anyone that they've met Mm -hmm. it's weird (laughs) but it's what it's what we're experiencing firsthand or worse they don't even remember who they texted or like what they even talked about right you know um but again like i think some beautiful stories have come out of dating apps i i know couples who have gotten married who met on dating apps but then there are exactly the problems that you mentioned is too many options and people it also you know people just don't take it as seriously anymore right because it's okay you know some people are on there to just have fun right um yeah yeah. and that's so so but then what about the opposite issue right that you might want to (laughs) share which is when they're too persistent how does that feel (laughs) yes i can i can talk about that (laughs) well for me, you know, I, I don't want to feel smothered. And right. I, I felt like with this particular guy whom actually I, you know, will be going on a date soon. If he um, ever hears this. Oh, my God, <laughs> these, I know. These are archives. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, you know, I was just I, I was I was a little turned off by that because it's like, OK, you sent me one text and now you're sending me another and now you're sending me a third one. I am. I, I am, you know, on the first one, I was going to respond. The second one made me question. Third one, I'm like, I'm definitely not answering because it's too many texts. Okay, Let me so we talked bit. about this. Yes, and I appreciate where you're coming from. But how much is it all these trends that we're talking about that's causing you to feel that way rather than what a generation in the past might have felt was really flattering or normal that somebody is interested enough that they are being person not i i can understand when that it turns from persistent to creepy or scary even yeah but we're still in the persistent category here we are yes and what has happened that we think that that is that is unacceptable or that is um strange another uh, another uh stat that i saw recently was that men are scared to ask women out physically in bars because it could be seen as sexual harassment we have we overcorrected I mean... <laughs> have we overcorrected to the point where we can't even approach each other it's how you ask it right like do you are you are you aggressive about it hey let me get your number right and then you're you know you you i, I mean I, i've never had that happen to me where every time a guy has asked me for my phone number if i'm feeling it sure i'll share it if not i'm just saying you know i'm sorry i'm unavailable or i'm in a relationship but i so are you like sort of getting into me too yeah because movement? think about it. i mean the 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 negative of the me too movement even if i can be attributed to that and as a scientist we can never say any two things are causal right yeah but i think we can speculate on some of these correlations and i think increasingly and again the sample is our experiences not just in Washington, but the U.S. I'm not Mm going to begin to try and understand what's going on because the cultures are so different. So that's not an explanation for what's happening in Japan, for example. I still don't know to what extent they've really, you know, figured out what's happening there. But what we don't want is for U.S. society to become like what's going on to the point where there is you're sitting at a bar and everyone's on your phone on their phone and they're swiping they're on the apps and swiping as opposed to looking and seeing who's around them is it good that we're going from bar culture um to app culture is it safer that way is this is this byproduct is this a byproduct of me too and if it is to what extent is does it is it actually better for women are we safer this way knowing people before we meet them as opposed to having that natural interaction in a place that would be considered normal to you know pick someone up let's say well i think both have you know both have positives 
pros and cons basically yeah. i mean over an app if you're feeling the conversation sure you can make up your mind there and say okay yeah i'd like to meet this person where that's also happened to me where i wasn't feeling the conversation that i'm like okay i'm really not interested in meeting this person and then you're able to move on whereas i think you might have a harder time at a bar if you were to meet someone it's like how do you remove yourself from a conversation without being rude and without you know sort of yeah being hurtful even sometimes oh that's fair that's why a woman can't just go sit in a bar by herself because you know? at what point if somebody approaches you yeah. i think one of the big positives coming out of this is like that uncomfortable feeling i used to get at a bar just to have a drink and enjoy yes. my own company we don't have to worry about that you in the same way on an app exactly right exactly and if you don't feel like continuing the conversation you can just remove them from the app yeah um so i think there are pros and cons to both you know meeting someone at a bar or at a social setting versus meeting someone over the app but i've never met this person that i'm supposed to go on a date with soon um so you know we, we didn't definitely even, do like, not disclose his name of course not. <laughs> but um i haven't even like we didn't even speak on the phone so i'm like okay i've never done this before so right. let's see how this is gonna turn out um, and I will report back later. Yeah, but. I was just going to say, we have to bring you back on a regular <laughs> basis and just, or part of the Love show that. can be like a three minute update on Dalal's dating life yeah, and hey, how it's going. I, let, let, yeah. I, it might be super short lived. It might be, it <laughs> might be. Well, I, I mean, uh, you know, when this first happened, you know, when, when, when he first asked me, I was like, oh God, I haven't even like spoken to you on the phone. I don't even know what you sound like. But then I was like, okay, you know what? This is an experience and I'm going to keep an open mind. I did draw the line when he said, you know, I can come pick you up. And this is like our very first time meeting. I'm right. like, you know, no, I'm, I, I, okay. I for any gentleman, you there. <laughs> any gentleman listening, that is sweet, but don't offer Do it not. until you meet the person, <laughs> the person in person first. first. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, that's, that's, that's a bit much like, I'm sorry. No, I will not be meeting you for the first time in, in your, your car. car yeah <laughs> like, no I, I, think I don't know who you are we can appreciate that but maybe i i this person sounds old school a generation ago i don't think we would have thought it was that weird mm. for him to offer that or for him to send a text or a follow-up text and another text i do wonder maybe yeah. you might be right yeah. I, don't, I don't know so i mean I'm... that changed there's just that shift and just us being like i it's it's really unfortunate a lot of i'm not nostalgic yeah about the past in that sense and i don't want to age i don't i don't want anyone to be able to figure out exactly how long we've been dating yes but um i don't know i'm still i don't think it was better then but i don't necessarily think it's better now but what i do think about a lot and worry about a lot is overpopulation and the projections are that we are going to be at 10 billion people by mid-century but quite frankly the lack of intimacy and the and the fertility rates decreasing in parts of the world suggests that we will reach that peak, but we are going to drop off pretty fast after that mm -hmm. um, if we don't, if many other global risks don't take us out, right? But then at some point, we're going to have to correct for this. We're going to really have to correct for how much fear-mongering has overcorrected intimacy between young people because that if you aren't intimate by a certain age, I believe it's like 24. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have that sexual experience, the likelihood you won't until your mid forties is that much higher. And Interesting. I don't, yeah. So that in itself, you, we are creating generations. If younger people are having less sex and for whatever one, many of the reasons that we've described here, mm -hmm. then, then we're talking about them not even being, maybe never being intimate and maybe not being intimate until their forties. And then in that case, what is the likelihood that we can even have children at that age, right? So there's a lot to think about here and there's a lot to unpack. And 
I am a huge proponent of people having more sex. I think it needs to, it, there needs to be a movement where safe sex, practice safe sex, make sure that you are in control and you are not vulnerable. You are not being taken advantage of. And this goes to both men and women. Um, but ultimately build those bonds that makes us human mm -hmm. because with that, we're going to start seeing a decrease. I predict in depression, in anxiety, in stress. These are the things that are real offshoots of this don't have sex campaign or don't, don't touch somebody. You'll get an STD and it's not good for society overall. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll give one example of HIV. HIV has been massively overblown in demographics that were not at risk in the same way. And so the likelihood of the likelihood of um, receiving the HIV virus through vaginal intercourse is one in a thousand. That's a very low probability. I'm not saying that it's not a it's not a risk, mm -hmm. but it's a very low probability. Yet the messaging around um, sexual intercourse, heterosexual intercourse and HIV transfer was massively overblown mm -hmm. and it was it just created a fear in demographics that didn't need to and it didn't need to worry about it in the same way and that's bad that's dangerous because when we have limited resources we're talking about collective funds federal funds state funds to fight real issues like HIV in in the in the populations that we're dealing with it why are we allocating resources inaccurately mm -hmm. right and we're telling women to worry about it and again it, it is a risk but that's taking away from really helping those who need it the most mm -hmm. that are more vulnerable to it so we've really missed it so are, are you saying that there's a correlation between a, a, a um you know having sex reduces anxiety and depression i predict that there's a relationship there but i don't have the numbers to back it up a relationship. <laughs> yeah okay um yeah. i mean it makes sense, but then I, I, I would think, I'm not a scientist, but I, I would think that it would it could also have the opposite effect too, because I mean, you know, if you're not ready for it, for example, and you totally have that fair. sexual experience. Totally fair. If you're not, so that's what I mean. I think people need to do it in a way where they feel safe, not vulnerable, empowered. If th that needs to be a prerequisite before any sort of sexual intimacy. There has to be consent, absolutely. Consent and just know, not do it, knowing what you're doing, knowing exactly. what you're getting into. Exactly. Education, awareness, all of that. That's where sex education fell short. That's where if there was a real emphasis on mm -hmm. understanding human relationships, the importance of human relationships, the mental component of it, um, all of that, that communication between two people before you even get to the point of being physical that was missing mm -hmm. and instead all we heard was we were going to die of hiv and have babies at teenage years now having talked about culture and fear-mongering um you know you can't also avoid uh um religion you yeah. know what big of a role religion plays in a lot of conservative you know many conservative countries sure you know i'll give turkey as an example you're always taught no sex before marriage right right so I think that also plays a role in women um, generations. Again, there's a generation difference. I mean, you know, I, from what I hear, like, you know, I'll, I'll talk to my friends in Turkey and then they'll say, yeah, things have changed. Of course, you know, now people are you know, sexually active right. before marriage. But I mean, my generation, I think, you know, growing up, I mean, that's what we were taught. Right. And I think that also plays a role in women or just, you know, couples right who are dating right that are practicing that very no sex before marriage mentality i agree with that totally because i also 
I think that's part of the misinformation campaign. Mm. If we just look at the stat, whether it's ethics, morals, religion, philosophy, whatever sort of governing system is being put into place mm -hmm. to help control physical activity between people, um, that's not if it's not informed by the base rate stats of actual STI transfer of actual um, uh, teenage pregnancies of um, real other issues like not like what is the risk of not having sex there are those underlying base rate statistics mm -hmm. that should be informing how we create that communication and determining what is the right age and what is the appropriate communication exactly. at what age exactly right? because if we leave it to different perspectives and frameworks it's going to vary and it already is so varied across the world yes and we're seeing so many different outcomes across countries like we've been talking about japan and and the u.s these are very different cultures and very different issues that these countries are facing um and then there's countries that have overpopulation within their countries and there there's a lack of education there in terms of family planning mm -hmm. so there's a host there's a spectrum of ways that this these conversations need to go and be adjusted according to what the reality on the ground is in that particular culture or country or however you want to define it um but ultimately let's please always keep in mind what the stats are what the facts are and then not ignore them. ignore not 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 ignore and also not realize that there's there are impacts to every decision that we take mm -hmm. so if we choose to not be intimate or if we're told to not be intimate there are going to be repercussions to that too and that's just what i wanted to chat with you about and i wanted mm -hmm. to leave listeners with um i think if i'm watching the clock correctly we're kind of coming up to the end of our show but Dalal, any parting words we're really excited for you to have your day tomorrow. I really want to hear about it. Um, <laughs> share what you like when you when you come back and join us. Well, um, um, I think that I know we 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 specifically talked about like the you know the science of it and and statistics and facts. Um, and I think one fact that you two can agree on is that yeah dating dating in dc is not easy that <laughs> is a great final point to make dating has been i'm i have been dating too for many many years and yes. it is definitely it is it is tough jungle out there it is <laughs> that we're all trying to navigate mm -hmm. and so mm -hmm. everyone just be my parting words would be please be compassionate to each other because ultimately be kind yes be kind we're all in the same boat yes if you're not feeling it it's okay to not feel it and just convey the message exactly and then you know it's better to be honest from the beginning than just sort of leading somebody else yes oh ghosting on. can we please get rid of ghosting? yes please that, that is like one of the exist. worst things that have come out of our generation I it's agree. awful absolutely that's a wrap for today have ideas for the show tweet us at dr taylor wallace that's d-r-t-a-y-l-o-r-w-a-l-l-a-c-e and me at shutha c that is s-w-e-t-a-c Thank you for tuning in to Risky Behavior.